Greetings. It is the weekend of Sunday, February the 27th. We continue looking at the parables, some of the parables of Jesus. And in particular, we've been looking at these these three parables that occur in Luke 15, when Jesus has been teaching and, and then confronted by the scribes and the Pharisees. And then he, he gives these three parables on lost things. We looked at the lost sheep. We looked at the parable of the lost coin. And today we look at the parable of the lost sons. It is this trilogy, parables of lost things. And in his teaching, the, the, it's the irrefutable fact that God is gracious and ready to receive sinners who come in faith and repentance. And then it's the extended truth that flows from God's acceptance of sinners is that we too must receive and rejoice when someone repents and comes home course we ourselves were and and are sinners saved by grace so we continue we look at chapter 15 of Luke now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him and the Pharisees and scribes grumbled saying this man receives sinners and eats with them and so he told them this parable and then picking up at 11 and he said there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of property that is coming to me and he divided his property between them. And not many days later, the youngster, younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I'll, I'll arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son was dead, is alive again. He was lost, and he is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you. I I never disobeyed your command, but you never gave me a young goat that I might have a little party and celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he is found. 
And the younger son said to the father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had took for a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. So here, right off the bat, it's important to understand some of the culture and, and practices of, of those in, in Jesus's day. Um, see, fathers were highly esteemed and honored. Um, sometimes I, my kids get tired of hearing how, how advertisements and television shows often depict uh, dads as either absent or idiots. Unfortunately, in so many cases, rightfully so. But in other words, in, or in other, it, it, fathers were esteemed. They were honored. And so Jesus's original hearers would have been disgusted with the way that the younger son was treating his father. And to then ask for the inheritance early was the same as saying, you know, dad, I think I would rather have the money that you have than, than have you. I wish you were dead now so I could have the inheritance. So, so just, just go ahead and give me what you're going to give me when you die. You're dead to me. So father, give me my share of the property that's coming to me. And Jesus seeks to immediately cause his hearers to be against the younger brother, you know, to, to not like this guy. It's not like the first two parables where we were all rooting for the shepherd, looking diligently for the lost lamb. We were cheering for, for this, this poor girl who's looking for her dowry coin. But not this younger son. We, we, we are all hoping this spoiled little brat gets what's coming to him. Dad, I, I don't really love you, and I'd rather have the money. Now, it's as is typical with son's, this son's selfishness. He, he gathers all his stuff, leaves, and he wants to put as much distance between him and his father and everything that reminds him of his father. So he took a journey into a far country, the scripture tells us. If we find ourselves not liking this son, that is the emotion that Jesus is original hearers had. They detested him. The father's estate meant nothing to this selfish, reckless son. He got to the far country and spent all his massive wealth, prostitutes, parties, so-called friends. He squandered his property in reckless living. As was typical with the ancient views of God's providence, now this sinful, self-centered son is about to get what, the, what then he deserves. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. See, the money's all gone. His friends are all gone. A severe famine breaks out, and he is in need. Jesus's original hearers would have been saying, good, God is getting even with this selfish sinner. He's getting what he deserves. The son had, had never been in need before. He had come from a rich family with servants who supplied everything he wanted, but, net, but, but now he is in need. He's literally starving to death. The famine in the far off country was severe. He had no money, no friends, He's in such great need that he has begun to work for a farmer, as, as they say, uh, to, to, to slop the hogs, so to speak. And, and so here's a well-to-known or a well-to-do Jewish young man working with unclean pigs, not only working with them, but being so low that he even desired to eat what they were eating. He was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. This lost son's only hope was to return to the father 
And he, he learned the hard way that people will, will use you for all that they can get. Friends, friends run out when the money runs out. His, his father, however, was different. He could, he could be trusted. And as far as the ancient hearers go, the story could have ended here with, with a moral teaching. Jesus could have said, this is why you should always love your parents. This is why you should not be greedy. This is why you should avoid sinners. Young men, this is what happens when you seek out a reckless living. But this, this isn't the end of the story at all. You see, the tables are turning. Verse 17 marks a shift in the story and a turn in, in the life of the selfish, sinful son. Picking up with verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But here I am perishing with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I'll say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. When he came to himself, when he realized the reality of his situation, he realizes that he had disgraced his father, treated him incredibly poorly. He realizes that his actions meant that, that his half of the inheritance is gone and he's no longer entitled to anything from his father, even, even to be called his son. He realizes everything he thought would bring him happiness, money, friends, reckless living, getting away from his father only served to actually enslave him. Where at home, he served as a son now in the far country He's simply a slave. John Piper says, Awake, O sleeper from the grave. You are a son and not a slave. This verse is the beginning of repentance for the younger son. It seems he had discovered the vanity that promised life but delivered him so close to death and destruction. He realizes his sin and what he has done, and he remembers that his father is, in, is generous and that he's forgiving. He remembers that his father is kind, that he's merciful. And so he rehearses this speech this, of confession, this, this repentance, this repentance speech as he heads home. And, and so we pick up with, with verse 20, and he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For the son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. The first appearance of the father is back in verse 11 when he gives his son half of the estate. And this, this would have caused people to think that this father is maybe even a pushover and maybe in some ways as irresponsible as is the son. You see, in their minds, and maybe in ours, the father should have refused the son and, and in those days possibly even disowned him. In the minds of the listeners, the father's wisdom perhaps was questioned from the very beginning. The father knew his son. He'd been watching him every day on the farm, seemed more and more miserable, and the relationship between the father and the son was, was very strained, to say the least. Even though, even though the son was close by, his heart was far from the father because, you see, the son wanted the father's things and not the father. The father knew that if his son would ever be turned, he, he had to suffer first and then come back. And one day the father's prayers are answered and he arose and came to his father. Verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. 
have we ever considered that the father saw his son while he was still a long way off? This father didn't just happen to be up on his roof, patching the gutter and sort of look up and see his son. He, he had spent most evenings and mornings gazing over the horizon, praying for the return of his son. And not only did the father see his son from far away, but he also felt compassion. You see, here the father is filled with compassion, not anger, not hostility, but compassion. The father is so happy that his son is alive that he does something that dignified, elderly, rich men simply did not do in ancient times. He rolls up his robe and he runs down the steps and across the field to embrace and kiss his son. This is the picture of how ready our Heavenly Father is to forgive us when we repent. He feels compassion towards us. That run is the cross. It is the Father coming to us to restore to us what we cannot rightly restore ourselves. This day was was something the Father had prayed for and hoped for, but because so many years had passed, it seemed almost impossible. Had his son strayed too far to to return, the son was also thinking, have I passed the point of no return? And, And the son prays that his father will hear his plea of repentance. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He, be, he begins this rehearsed pleas, plea. He's right. He, he has sinned against God, he says, against heaven and against his father. Do, do we see how complete God's providence has worked repentance in his heart? He goes on with true assertion of himself. He, he is absolutely dead on accurate. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He, that is truth. One sign of true repentance is we feel completely unworthy for our father to call us sons and daughters. Do we see the reality of our own unworthiness? Jesus told the story and the tax collectors and sinners bowed their heads in submission. They all knew he was speaking about them. They were the ones who had strayed so far from God, and yet they were the ones being welcomed home. And the son began his speech, but, but he never gets to finish it. The father says, he, he almost interrupting him in verse 22, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let's, let's eat, let's celebrate for the son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found and, and they begin to celebrate. The father has the best robe brought and, and clothed the son in it. Do, do we know what the robe the, the, the best robe was, it, it was the father's robe. Notice it doesn't say that his son was taken and cleaned up first. No, the father embraced him, kissed him, and placed his own robe on this stinky, dirty, pig-smelling son. The father's tears flowed down the cheek of his son as they embraced and as he kissed him. Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. He immediately reinstated him into the family, not as a hired servant like the boy had hoped, but as a son by placing the family signet ring on his finger. The son traveled from the far country barefoot, but he wouldn't stay that way. The servants were, the servants were barefoot, but not a son. And the fattened calf was killed and the whole household celebrated at the return of the prodigal son. For the son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found and they began to celebrate. And the story could have ended here with, and, and everyone lived happily ever after. However, if this were the case, then Jesus' introduction would have had no meaning. 
Because he said in the very first 11, in the beginning of this parable, there was a man who had two sons. You see, everyone celebrated that day except one, the other son. Now his older son was in the field, and, and as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father's killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But the older son was angry and refused to go in. So his father came out. Again, he comes out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you. I've never disobeyed your command. You never gave me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who, who devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And the father said to him, son, you were always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. This your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And here's the twist that Jesus puts on the story. The youngest son, the one who took half of the father's estate, the one who wasted it all, the one who loved money more than his father, etc., is now completely reconciled to the father through repentance. However, there remains one son totally estranged. The older brother has been near the father the whole time. He's been busy obeying even the commands of the father, and yet his heart is not in line with the father because like the younger brother, he too really only wants the father's things and not the father's heart. And while the household rejoiced, he grumbled. This eldest son served as an illustration to all those standing within hearing distance of Jesus and for all those who would read this parable down through the centuries of the fallacy and of the danger of self-righteousness. And the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. The father longed for the return of the son who left and went to the far country, and he longed for the return of the son who never actually left home. So we see the other form of eternal death, working to earn our own righteousness. The elder son could not understand why the father would lavish such grace on someone who had treated him so terribly. He couldn't understand grace and forgiveness. It's harder for the Pharisees to understand the message of Jesus than for the sinners. Because the nearer we think we are to God by nature and by privilege of birth or because we work so hard or because we look so good, the harder it is for us to grasp the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The father leaves the celebration and invites the older son to join in as well. But all the older son could do is express anger at the father's mercy because of all the son's hard work, he felt entitled to the father's love. And there's a danger when we begin to think that we have earned the right to be loved by God at the expense of others who are not. Notice the elder son's response to the father. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. This self-righteous son would not even call the prodigal his brother. He calls him this son of yours. 
And here's the twist I think that's sometimes missed. The younger son in sin left, but when he came to his senses, returns in hope that he could at least be a servant, but the father made him a son. And the elder son refused to be a son, but remained a servant. Look, these many years I have served you. Tax collectors and sinners knew that they had not earned God's love, but came to Christ hoping for mercy, like the prodigal son who came to himself and remembered his father's mercy. We must never think that God owes us anything, but we come to him through Jesus Christ seeking his mercy. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them these parables. Jesus has presented a dilemma to the Pharisees and all the would-be earners of righteousness. What happens when the moral outcasts repent? Are those that are dis- distanced from God, say, in a far country, are they, are they destined to always be far from God? Does God have the right to do with his creation as he pleases? It is Jesus Christ who speaks of the Father's love. He is the one who has opened the door to the Father's house. He is the one who invites sinners home. Our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, sat down with the moral and the social outcasts and ate with them and through repentance and faith brought them home. So as we look into our own hearts, we must ask ourselves, do I come to a holy God with an attitude that he owes me something? Or do I come as a lowly despised sinner and fall at the feet of Christ, pleading for mercy? Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am not worthy to be called your son. In this story, Jesus leaves the ending open. There was still time for the self-righteous to repent as well. And there is still time for us. Have we drifted from God? Have we been lost at home? Or have we willingly, willingly left or willingly stayed in bitterness? God's grace and God's mercy is open to us all. Amen and God bless.